0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is soul to soul on Friday afternoon air of Shabbos Kodesh. Pashas Kisisa, Pashas Para. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope all of you had the most amazing, amazing Purim, and that it really gave you a lift, gave you a tremendous Aliyah. In your, in your spirits and got us revved up and ready for the next month, which is of course the preparation leading up towards Chodesh Nisan and, and the Chag of Pesach, which is less than four weeks, four weeks away. It is so special to be back with you again. Baruch Hashem, Hashti Hashem Hashem, the Hashem has given us another, another, another week. Let's start with a quick little story. Of Specter was known as one of the great rabbanim in in uh, Eastern Europe, and and served as the as the Rav of of Kovna for more than thirty thirty years. was known as a huge paisik and a huge and a huge leader. One time, Rabbi Zalcholchanin was raising money for a very important cause, and he went to the house of a certain a wealthy person who was known as a bit of a miser, and uh, this. Uh, wealthy person, was not able to overcome his around was not able to donate to this cause. And the excuse he gave was, no, Rebbe, I set aside time every day to learn Torah. And he said, and he carried on and he said, Accor- according to my opinion, the obligation to give stocker for all kinds of, of, of uh, causes is only for those people who do Averus, who go against the Torah. Because the Pasuk says, <speaking in Hebrew> These are the people that have to give. <speaking in Hebrew> Anyone who goes and does Averus and doesn't listen to the mitzvahs, he has to give, he has to give tzedakah. And only they have to give. So Yitzhak Kachanan said to him, you know, after the Crimean war, in the, in the beginning of the 19th century. So there was a certain, uh, a Russian, uh, 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 general who was going town to town and trying to, uh, to raise money to, you know, to save the, the homeland. So he gets the one little dorpy and all the farmers there are giving as much as they can, as they can give. And suddenly, uh, in front of the general, pitches up this, this one man who was known to be one of the poorest people in, in the town. And he announces publicly, I am prepared to give a hundred ruble for the homeland. So they all go, they all go, wow, what? Where do you get a hundred, rouble ruble from? You know, we, we know you're not a poor, a wealthy person at all. So the farmer explained, no, no, it wasn't long ago that in, in I was in court and they they imposed upon me a fine of one ruble, and since I didn't have the money to pay the the fine, so they allowed me to rather spend one week in jail in in exchange for the one ruble. So now I'm really moved. i when my homeland is in danger, I'm prepared. To accept for myself a jail sentence of a hundred weeks for the homeland. And of course, they're all after them and says, uh, you know, I, 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 I thought that, um, you were also maybe like this, uh, like this, uh, silly, silly farmer. What is this, this huge debt that I'm trying to raise money or trying to save, save lives. You're going to, Exempt, you're going to somehow pay that debt by your learning of Torah. That the, all these poor yidden who are waiting for a successful uh, conclusion to my collection, so that they can get out of out, out, out of jail, they're going. They're, it's it's, it's going Your Torah is gonna help them as much as this guy going to jail is gonna help the 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 the, the homeland. And and besides that, he says, when Moshe Rabbeinu counted B'nai Yisrael. In the desert, he didn't count them by how many Daphim of Gomorrah they learned, but how many Shkolim they, they gave. The fear of Tzloka is something that's incumbent upon everybody to, to give. And that's, and that's the Machs Shekel that we all have to give. We all have to be, stand up and, and be counted and be part of, of what is, what is going on. We're going to come back with some really, really interesting things. We're going to talk a little bit about the whole concept of Vipasha, which is of course the main subject being the Egel and the Mafti, which is the Pasha's Pora, and somehow find a way of, of connecting them. But we'll do that right after the break. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. Lots of good things coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. Only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 CHAYAFEM SOL salt. So this is Friday Erev Shabbos Kurdish Parshas Kisisa and the special meeting of Parshas Parah Now we will have this Shabbos and as always it's a great honor and privilege to be with you and share some Torah thoughts together so let's talk this week since we have a double kind of whammy a beautiful amazing Parsha and the special Maftia. let's see if we can't somehow try to tie them to tie them to a to, uh, to, to, together. Right? We have the, the Pasha's Kisisa, where one of the main events is, unfortunately, the, the tragedy of the, of the Eglazov, the Golden Calf, and we have the special maftu, which is the Pashat Para, the Pasha of the Para Aduma. And in, in, in the Pasha, <coughs> we read about the tragic event, where the consequences actually haunt us to this very, very day, as the Pasuk, Says, On a day that I make an accounting, so then I shall bring them their sin to, to account against, against them. And, and Rashi comments, whenever I shall make an accounting of Yisrael's sins against them, I will hold them accountable to some small degree for this sin. Along with all the other sins, right? There's no punishment that comes upon Israel, which doesn't have in it some retribution for the sin of the, of the, uh, of, of the, uh, Eger. Almost conversely, in Pashas, uh, Chukas, which is the, para, the reading of the Maftia, we read about the Mitzah of Paraduma, which provides atonement for the the uh, the sin of the of the ego, right? Hashem says to Moish and Aaron, "This is chukas ha'teira leimah. This is the choik that Hashem is commanded. David, the speak to the Jewish nation, and they should take this farah duma, this red cow. To me, must be perfect, right? And uh, and uh, which hasn't uh, had had any yoke uh, on it. And again, Rashi brings." In the name of Rab Moshe Hadarshan, that everything written about the Paraduma Duma alludes amazingly to the Chet Egel and, and its, and its uh, atonement, right? They shall take it from you, right? It has to be from their own. Just as they, 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 they remove the golden rings from, for the Egel, from their own, so too should they bring this for atonement from, from their own. Right? Uh, Rashi then compares the situation to the son of a maidservant who soiled the palace of the king and they said, let the mother come and wipe away the, the uh, excrement. Similarly, let the, the, uh, the para, the cow, come and atone for the egel, its cough. Right? Why is it red? In keeping with the pasuk, pasuk in Ishayo, which says, "If your sins will be as red as scarlet, dye," which implies that uh, avera is, is is called red, right? Perfect. It had to be perfect because that's symbolic of Kli before the sin of the golden eagle, right? Let it atone for for them and correct their their blemished state. And, uh, you know, return them to their, to their state of, of perfection, right? Asher loyal all which upon which a yoke has not, has not come, just as they remove the yoke of heaven from upon, upon themselves. So every step is connected between the ego uh, and the, and the poraduma, right? So that's everything, every, every generation requires some kind of an atonement for this Chet HaEgal, Hakadosh Baruch always hold us accountable to some minor degree for that historic type of avera. Therefore, it's it's with great uh, uh, pleasure we're going to try we're going to try to establish some kind of a ne- connection between the reading of Parshas Kisisa, which coincides with the Chet HaEgal, and the reading of the. Of the of the pasha that deals with the the uh, the that retains that, that represents the atonement for the chet for the chet uh, and this is very very a uh, uh, consistent with uh, what the Novi says in in uh, in uh, in hashael uh, in shama porim let our lips substitute for for bulls and as rashi explains let that which we recite with our lips. Be accepted in place of the of the sacrifices, the animals that we would have otherwise offered for 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 our sins. For even though we don't have the base of we don't have the ability to bring to bring copernics, we don't have a paraduma either to atone for us. So, due to our our, our many many sins, nevertheless, we offer uh, uh, these these chris uh, these Torah readings as as their. As their, their their substitutes. Now, there's a uh, an amazing connection between the two, and, and and perhaps there's several several points pertaining to the uh, 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 Parsha of the of the paraduma that deserve to be to be uh, 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 clarified. First of all, why does it begin with the words? Hashem El Moisha Aaron. Hashem spoke to Moisha and Aaron uh, 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 saying, Why Dafka here do we do we uh, uh does it include Aaron? And let's let's refer to the beginning of of Sefer Vayikra, which is Vayikra El Moisha. Hashem of Oil Hashem called Moisha and Hashem spoke to him from the Oil Moyed saying. Right? And the, 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 Rashi brings the, the, the Torah's claim. Why dabba a love? And, and Rashi says, Davka to Moshe, to exclude Aaron. And, uh, uh, Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra says, 13 statements in the Torah were said to both Moshe and Aaron. Correspondingly, 13 exclusions were said to teach you that they were not actually addressed to Aaron but rather to Moshe alone with the understanding that he would then communicate them to 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 Aaron so clearly this deserves a little bit of, of clarification if HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke only to Moshe then why does the Torah state that he also spoke to Aaron in these 13 instances for instance in Pasha's Acharemas, It's written, "Daber al Aroin Achicha." Speak to you, Aaron and tell him about the avoid of the Beis Don't go into the Kurdish kadashim whenever, whenever you want. The Torah could just have said, we could use the, the sort of the normal, the normal uh, uh, formula in, in in these first instances where, where Moshe Abenu was told to give the message of Hakadosh Baruch Hu to Aaron. Why do you have to say, oh, he spoke to Aaron, but he didn't really speak to Aaron, he spoke to Moshe, and told Moshe to speak to Aaron. Similarly, let's say, uh, uh, with regards to the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. So it says in Pashas Baal loischa, Daber Aaron Speak to Aaron and say to him Baal And again, we have to conclude that even though these 13 statements were made only to Moshe, Aaron is intimately connected to the matter being being related. So therefore, the Torah mentions his name along with Moshe's, right? And and therefore, we need to try to explain Aaron's uh, special connection to the Paraduma. Why? Dafker is said by Dabashal Aaron. Even though it wasn't really said to Aaron it was said to Moshe. Moshe just communicated it to to to, uh, to Aaron. So, as we, uh, as we learnt in, in, uh, in, in Rashi, in the name of, of Rav Moshe Dashan, the Pora Duma atones for the Chait HaEga. So now we know that Aran is the one who actually made the Egah, he fashioned the Eger. And therefore, it stands to reason that his name would be mentioned here in connection with the the mitzvah of the paraduma, which is the Kapora. Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron, saying, "Right." Although that's a quite a simple uh, and reasonable explanation, we're going to try to to perhaps explain the matter a little, a little, uh, a little bit more, more deeply. But we're going to do that after the break. This is 101.9 high FM, Soul to Soul. The program is Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. Stay tuned. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 high FM. 101.9 high FM, Soul to Soul, on your radio here on of Shabbos, Kurdish Barshish, Kisisa, which also is... Parashas Parah, special mafti reading for the penultimate Shabbos of Chodesh Adar, as we prepare for Pesach, and we are drawing parallels between the Parah Aduma and the sin of the Egel Azov, which in fact the Parah Aduma comes to atone for. And we were speaking about how the Parah Aduma was said to Ma'ish Abeno and to Aaron, even though really it was only actually said to to Ma'ish Furthermore, we're going to have to explore Meish Rabbeinu's unique relationship with the mitzvah of the Paraduma, because it says in the Torah, "The Yichu Eilecha," they should take for you a completely red cow which has no woman. And Rashi comments that it has to be uh, 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 belong to you, the of that Meish prepared in the Midbar. And this is also. Evident from the what the Medrash says in Medrash Rabbah. It says that uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Yoisi, the son of Rabbi Hanina says, I am revealing the reasoning the rationale behind the Porah Aduma to you, but to all others. It's a khuk. It's an incomprehensible law without any obvious rationale. So again, this also uh, 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 requires some further elucidation. Why was Dafka Meish Benu told about the reason for Paraduma, and nobody and nobody else? So let's start from 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 the beginning, and let's introduce Rashi's comment in Pasha's Chukas. Zoy Chukas Atayra says, because the Satan and all the nations of the world. Right? with you so by saying, What is this commandment? What reason is there for it? Therefore, it's referred to as echukah, right? An inexplicable law. It's a decree from me, from Hashem, which you do not have the right to, to question. And all the forest want to come to is are bothered by this statement. How can Rashi claim that the Pora Duma is a choyk. after all? Rashi himself presents a beautiful explanation in the name of Rav Moshe Hadarshan. right that the Paraduma is in fact the atonement for the Eglazav. So, in the Noam Elimelech, so Rav Elimelech of Luzinsk, so provides us with an explanation based on a, a teaching. In in the Gemara, the Gemara Avodu Zara says as as follows: Also Yisrael esha ella litain So Rabbi be is saying that Yisrael only made the egel in order to provide encouragement for balei tshuva. Rashi explains, in other words, they were strong men who were in control. Of their yetzirah, and it wasn't fitting for their, uh, for them to allow the yetzirah to prevail over them. Rather, it was by divine decree that the yetzirah was victorious over them, and they did the savorah in order to provide encouragement for Baal chuba. So that if someone who has shown those Aveiras should claim. I, I'm not going to bother doing tshuva. I'm not going to repent because our Kurdish Baruch is not going to accept me. They would say to him, what are you talking about? Go and learn from the whole incident of the Eglon They, Mamish, blasphemed against, against our and their tshuva was, was accepted. So we find that the two explanations are completely consistent with one another. Indeed, the Para Duma does atone for the Chet Ega. But why do they need atonement? If the entire incident was decreed from, from Shemayim and Yisrael of their own accord would never have done that, aver. they would never have committed that, that heinous that heinous crime. The fact that atonement is required, that's the khik. That's what we don't understand. Why do they need Kapodah? If, if anyway, Kodesh Baruch Hu almost forced them to do it. Right? It's a divine decree. Nevertheless, right, says the, says the, uh, 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 says the, right, that, that uh, we need to understand what, in fact, he's saying, because as we explained, Yisrael's alleged Avera was orchestrated to demonstrate the power of of Chuva to to the masses. So therefore, why did I Kharishbarhu command Yisrael to bring a Paraduma as atonement for the chet? Why is it a chet? Why is it even a sin? What purpose did the Paraduma serve if the chet ha'ega was not even due to their Sort of uh, uh, misguided uh, deed, but rather was was decreed totally by 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 the Melech Mashiach by by a Kodesh Baruch Hu, by a himself. So to explain the matter, so we need to look at the the drushes of the Chasam Sofer, and he discusses some of these very very enigmatic aspects of the Paraduma. On the one hand, it purifies those who are tummy, those who are ritually impure, and on the other hand, it contaminates those who are atar, pure, who are performing the, the, the mitzvah, as it is as it is written. Pesach says, "Umaze meani," the person who actually sprinkles the, the paraduma ash on the tummy person, his clothing becomes tummy. And and uh, anyone who touches the the Duma ash Yidma becomes tameh until uh, until until evening. So that's precisely what we have learned in the in the uh, in, in the Mishnah, right? That any of anyone involved in the entire process of the paraduma from beginning to end becomes a, a, a tameh. That, that that the clothing all needs to go in the mikvah. The Chassam Seifer explains, based on a a, a statement in the Gemaras that we just mentioned above, concerning Israel themselves, they would never have committed the sin of the Egel had it not been decreed from Shemayim. It was decreed to demonstrate, as we said, the power of tshuva to the masses. Thus, it, it turns out that Akash Baruch Hu decreed, so to speak, that Yisro should become Tameh due to this, due to this khet, And in order to purify those who are Tameh, so that they would know, without any shadow of a doubt, that they can achieve a, a sort of a Tikkun through Tshuva, even for the most terrible and severe Averis. So therefore, the Pora Duma, the atonement for the Cheta HaEgel, acts in a similar kind of way. It contaminates those who are Toher, who are involved in the process to purify those who are O'Atome. In the same way as I started so to speak, I could who made Khalil Yisrael Tome. And do the isaver of the Khaita Ega just so people would know that they can become Torah. So too in the atonement process, the Porah Duma, which makes people Torah, makes the people who are actually administering it uh uh tummy. Beautiful. But so let's maybe see if we can take what the Khasmul sefer says and, and 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 sort of combine that with something the Tolis yakov Yosef says in Pasha's so the Torah of Yosef explains that the Para Duma teaches us a very, very valuable and important lesson. Sometimes Hakadosh Baruch Hu causes a tzaddik to fall, so that he can and inspire you can elevate other people in his generation and draw them closer. To our to 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 avinu, to avinu shparshamayim, right? As the pasuk in in uh, in Mishlei says, "Kisheva yipol tzaddik v'kum," for though the Tzadik may fall down seven times, each time he arises. In other words, it's occasionally necessary for a a tzaddik to be caused to fall from his very very. Elevated, working is very elevated spiritual level, right? And uh, and defined by the seven midas of kedusha, in order to subsequently rise again, and therefore and thereby elevate others in this generation who are also require to and who also are behaving the way they should and require some kind of a of, of a tikkun. So in this manner. So he explains this, the seeming contradiction that the Paraduma makes those who are tame, tahar, and those who are tame, uh, 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 uh those, who tahar, those who are tame, and those who are tahar, And, and just to, to perhaps give you a small sampling of what he says, he says the, the tumah, which is the ritual contamination of poor tzaddikim, is aimed at purifying those who are tameh, and that's in fact the entire message for all of us of the uh, of the of uh, and of the pasuk in Iyav. And the pasuk in Iyav says this: Who can make uh, uh, something pure from something that's impure? For the tzaddik, who's referred to as always a star. Sometimes Akkadish Baruch Hu will force them to to make an element or become an element of tuma, in order to unite with those who are really Tameh and elevate them together with himself to the status of of of, of Torah. So similarly, we find a a, a, a beautiful explanation, Lord Chaim says in Pashish Shemini he brings it in the name of, uh, of Rav Yechiel Michal of Tsokushov. He says, Shamati, he says, I once heard from the great Rav, the holy light, uh, our holy teacher, Yechiel Michal, the Chusayog how the Pora Aduma applies to mankind. He says, a Tzaddik has to descend to the lower levels in order to elevate other neshamas that have descended there. For him, it's a form of tuma. For the neshamas that were there, it's their purification. That's the meaning of, it makes those who are tor either Tzadikim Tameh, and it renders those who are Tameh, those who have done Averas, it makes them Atar. A- a- so we learn an incredible, an, an additional point here from, from the Chassam Sefer. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu teach us this incredible uh, uh, a lesson specifically in connection with the Paraduma? Duma? So as we explained, the Paraduma Duma came as atonement for the Chet ego, which Israel would never have committed of their own accord. Rather, the Chet was orchestrated from above to demonstrate the power of Shuva to the masses. So the they themselves, Kaisal, were tar, and were were kind of uh, uh, dirtied by falling from their elevated status to commit the sechel egel that they would never have done. As a result, we learn that anyone else who is tameh, who's who's literally besmirched by by all types of averus, has the ability to uh, purify themselves. By recognizing <coughs> that they are given this tremendous opportunity for 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 tikkun from all of their all of their transgressions through the process of of of, of tshuva, so now we can apprehend why our Baruch Hu Dafka chose the mitzvah of pora duma to atone for the chet ha'eigel because they're so similar. And, and, and Rashi said it's comparable to the to the mother cow coming and cleaning up the mess made by her, her child, the calf. And, and we learned that this mitzvah is 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 in a way a, a, a walking contradiction. It's a paradox, right? Because it makes those who are Torah tummy and those who are tummy tummy. And we've also learned that the chet ha'ega was literally uh, kind of decided by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and and Kleiso was actually. Toher, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, forced them to, to sully themselves in order to purify those who are who are atomic, to teach people who did Haveris the value of Tshuva. So we see, the paraduma provides a wonderful atonement for the Chet a sin for which Yisrael was not truly culpable. But, was ordained by the Melech Malchay to demonstrate the process of of uh, of of, of tshuva. We find that after the 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 of the of the of the sin, so let's let's explain one more one more thing in order to sort of solidify this uh, connection between the Paraduma and and uh, and Moshe and, and let's focus on on the unbelievable thing that Moshe Rabbeinu did after the Chet HaEgel. He broke the first set of luchas that had been fashioned by the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hutzav, as the pasuk says. It happened when Moshe Rabbeinu approached the camp and he saw the Egel and he saw all the dancing. And Moshe Rabbeinu became very angry and he threw down the luchas from his hands and shattered them at the bottom of the mountain. And we learn from our, 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 from the Gemara in, in Shabbos peizayin, that a Kadesh approved of Moshe's actions. He sanctioned the shattering of the luchas. Right? They, and they learn from the fact that the Pasuk uh, 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 says, Kadesh instructs Moshe to make a second pair of luchas that says, uh, and <laughs> said, uh, make new luchas, and will let them replace the words that were on the first luchas, which you broke." Why <laughs> did to him which you broke? So because he was. Congratulated. Moshe bin was given a, a And Sparoch said, thank you for, for, for breaking them. And, and without a doubt, Moesha's decision to break Baluchas was a, a shocking decision. After all, they were, they were made by the Akadish Hu himself. Baruch had inscribed the on them. The whole foundation of, of the entire Yiddish garden the entire Torah was there. Therefore, Akadish Baruch Hu had to confirm that he had acted appropriately. And that's implied by the words, Asher Shibata. Right? In other words, Akadish Baruch Hu complimented him for breaking, for breaking the luchas. We find, uh, 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 elsewhere in, in the fact that, uh, the Pasuk says in, in, uh, in the end of the, uh, of the, of the very, very last Pasuk of the Torah, The last thing that Moshe is praised for, all the great awesomeness that Moshe Rabbeinah performed in front of the eyes of all Israel, and Rashi comments that his heart inspired him to shatter the luchas before their eyes. As it says, and I broke the luchas in front of in front of your 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 eyes, right? And and Hashem approved of of of, uh, of that, right? Why did he do that? So there is a wonderful explanation concerning the breaking of of uh, of, of the luchas in the in in, in the writings of uh, of, uh, of Gedalia of Linz in in uh, in Shua He says, and he says over there, says this is the the general rule. Anyone who is not obligated in a particular manner, so we know he cannot be mighty. He cannot cause anyone else to fulfill their obligation. Right? In fact, the Baal Shem Tev, uh Tov uh, uh, explains that the the what, what what does this mean? This principle by by saying he says a tzaddik's role in this world is to motivate Klal Yisrael to perform. Shuvah and, and bring themselves closer to, to, to uh, a And the Tzaddik can't accomplish this mission, however, without sometimes fooling himself to some degree with respect to the, to this matter. Israel needs to change himself by elevating himself and correcting his own shortcomings so he's able to elevate Kaisa along with Along himself, so we can interpret the mission as follows: What's the klal? A tzaddik who is literally free of guilt and doesn't uh, and, and doesn't even share the flaw of klal Yisrael at all. Nevertheless, to some degree, in a he is unable to help the, the tzibur rid themselves of their. Of their of their avera, so based on this, sir, so the tshuva's explains the reason why Rabbeinu, in his anger, broke the Luchas, That when he saw the serious avera that was being done about the zara that was being committed by Kaiso, he wanted to help them so much to do to do tshuva and come back to their amazing high level through through a complete and sincere tshuva. Yet he couldn't do so. Unless he himself was somehow guilty of the same, at least some, some degree. Therefore, he devised this, this incredible strategy. He says he got angry and he broke the, the, the Luchos from his hand and, and shattered them. Now, someone who destroys property while in a state of anger, the Gemara says that someone who cares or breaks something in his anger, that is viewed as an act of Avaydazara. Oh! So by breaking the Lukas in a state of anger, it was as if Maisha had also worshipped Avaydazara, just like the people of Yisrael did before. As a result, now, he's also a to do, to do tshuva, and thus, he could help Kayesel to do, to do, uh, to do, uh, to do tshuva. And therefore, uh, Hu told Moshe Ben Lecharei, go down, you have to leave your level. Because on your level, you're not able to help Klausel. But when he went down, he was then able to be Mestakin, Yisrael and help them to do, to do it was beautiful explanation of how they joined together. We'll come back with some further comments on Hilchas Chalmoy. This is going 1.9 Chai from Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. Stay tuned. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurr, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas Kisisa, which also doubles as Parshas, uh, Parshas, part of the third of the very special readings that we read during the Kodesh Adar, leading up to and a very warm welcome back to all of our radio family. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for being part of our radio show today. It's great to have the opportunity to share some Torah with you. We, As we always do at this point on the show, let us share the very important details that we need to know for this coming Shabbos. So, the earliest time for lighting the Shabbos candles <clears throat> Uh, this afternoon is going to be just before about 20 past 5. You can already light your Shabbos candles then and get the Shabbos started. You know, it's the early bird catches the, the worm or something like that. So the Kedusha of Shabbos, when it begins to descend, it's, at its very, very potent. And, and if a person hops it and the person grabs it, he can, he can envelop himself. In Shabbos, and Shabbos can come into your house, and Shabbos can come into your, into your lives, and Shabbos can come into, into your soul, into, into your very, very essence, because that's what Shabbos is, is meant to be. It's not something we just experience, it's something that's meant to, we're meant to live it, we're meant to actually make it part of, of, of ourselves, and that is truly, truly a, a, an amazing, amazing opportunity that, uh, that we have. So you can get, you can light the candles early if you're not gonna choose to do that, then, of course, the uh standard Johannesburg summer lighting time is quarter past six. This is of course the very last time we're going to hear that for this season by next Shabbos, it 's going to already be earlier than than quarter past six, moving very, very rapidly towards towards winter uh, uh, which is which is already also an amazing amazing uh a thing and so that that's the standard standard time, and again that is when when, you're, when you're, your when your your shoe also is gonna be macabo macabo so you have to make sure that uh that it's uh up and ready by by then if you miss the standard time, we're going to give you a bonus we're gonna give you one minute until the latest possible time for benching lift, which is that sixteen minutes past six you have a one minute leeway. Until the latest possible time for lighting Shabbos candles this week, from next week they're going to be one and the same—the standard uh, lighting, time, lighting time and the latest uh, uh, lighting time—all the way through until November, which seems like about sixty years from from uh, from from now. Um so, therefore, yeah. So, so the latest uh, uh, lighting is, is six sixteen. Shkiya is then at six thirty four. And if you want to daven in the right time and not have to repeat uh, a Krishma, you can wait till six fifty-two, and then you have no problem. You can say you can say uh, a Krishma and not have to repeat it again later when you sit down to your to your uh, Shabbos Shabbos Suda. Uh, tomorrow, as we said, is Shabbos Pashas Kisisa. very very important, very very uh, uh, you know, many many. Uh, events take place of course the main the main part is the Egel Azov the golden cough which we discussed in some of our earlier uh, segments and discussions today about about that and uh, it's quite a, quite a long pasha especially the first two alias the first two alias are quite quite uh, uh, long and then when we finally finish the pasha we have the very special maftir the maftir of pasha's parah which is the first chapter of Pashas Chukas and deals with the laws of the Parah Aduma, of the Red Heifer, which is very, very, very uh, topical at this time of year because obviously we're three weeks away from Pesach and on Pesach every single Jew had the requirement to bring the communal sacrifice of the Korban Pesach. It was uh, uh, incumbent in upon every single Jew to be there and to participate, and to eat from the Karm And of course, in order to do that, they had to be ritually pure, they had to be Tahor, which if someone came in contact with a dead corpse, or any part of a dead corpse, would necessitate being uh, sprinkled on with the ashes of the of the Para Aduma. So therefore, it's quite topical to learn about that. Now, please God, this will be time for us to organize it and, and get you Yushlaim and, and bring the common Pesach. Still, still, this year. Don't worry. It's quite, quite feasible and quite possible to, to, uh, to, to organize in, in, in three weeks. It can be done in a lot less time than, than that, than that even. So we have a special maftia And of course, since you have a special maftia we have a special, special haftaira from Yecheskel, uh, which is the special haftaira for Pashas, a uh, 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 para, and then the Shabbos proceeds, uh, uh, uh beautifully. It's not yet Shabbos Novorachem. We get another chance at that next week because Oshkodesh Nishan is going to be a week from Sunday. So therefore next Shabbos will be Shabbos Novorachem and Erev, Erev O'shodesh at the same, at the same, uh, time. Um, the Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at five minutes past seven. Seven oh five is the, is the end of, uh, of, uh, of, of Shabbos, and as we head into the last week of, of Chaydish, of Chaydish, uh, Chaydish El. <clears throat> it's been a while since we had a chance to discuss it, but, uh, we are still talking about the laws of Cholamayit, and particularly now about what, uh, your activities you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do, and, and this week you want to talk about the situation of a mitzvah opportunity, but a mitzvah that a mitzvah that has to be done now on on a and if you don't do it now, then you're going to lose out on on an opportunity to do to do a a, a mitzvah. So we've uh, we've learned that even normally for for uh, uh, for for performance of a mitzvah, so normally only non professional work is allowed to be done to facilitate the doing of a mitzvah. But that's only in a, so to speak, a regular mitzvah, a mitzvah that doesn't necessarily have to be done in cholmite. It's a mitzvah that's an important. Mitzvah, you want to get it organized, you want to prepare it, but it's not specifically for cholmite or for Yontif. But if we're talking about a, a, a mitzvah, what in halach is called a mitzvah a veris, a, a mitzvah that if you don't fulfill it, right now you're going to lose that opportunity to fulfill the mitzvah so the halacha says that for such a type of a mitzvah one is allowed to do in order to perform it on cholmai even professional work even malechas umar, even the kind of the kind of work that ordinarily would be forbidden on cholmai one's allowed to do it and and of course the basis for this special dispensation uh, uh, falls under the general category of what we discussed quite extensively, the concept of Dober ha'ave, it's something that if you don't do it, is going to cause a tremendous loss for a person. And and certainly, the, the, the thinking goes, that in the same way, as if a person, God forbid, is standing to lose financially, so that already is considered, that if if, if not doing something is going to take money, out of your pockets and then we allowed uh, uh, in that situation we allow you to do professional labor to avoid a financial loss so most most certainly if we're talking about in the spiritual realm where if I don't do something about it now if I don't get involved and and, and do the work that needs to be done i'm going to lose out on the opportunity to do a a mitzvah so that is even more so a over that is also a serious situation of 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 loss, and and we 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 do everything to avoid that, even if we're talking about a, a something that is a professional type of 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 labor. The reality is that in certain ways, uh, uh, doing this type of a mitzvah or doing the work that's necessary for performing a mitzvah has an additional benefit, even that that uh, uh makes it in a way more lenient even than the normal Dovra Over, than the normal type of situation of a financial loss. And that would be that in the situation of a of a potential financial loss, so a chazal only allowed the the doing of professional type labor only in a situation where you didn't specifically plan to do the work on It has to be a situation that's evolved, critical situation that needs to be done now or else a loss is going to happen. But if it would have been, if it would have been possible to have done that work before Yom Tov, and, and you just decided to push it off to the time when you have more spare time to do it on Khalm so we learned that Chazal imposed upon him a, a fine and forbade him to do such an activity on, on, on Chalmoy. However, if we're talking about a mitzvah activity, that, that fine was, was removed, and, uh, and therefore, uh, uh, uh we would allow you to do it, even in a situation where it could have been done before, before Shabbat. So therefore, let's say you have a Sefer Torah and, uh, and, and there's some letters missing, and it needs repair, and it could have been done before Yontif but you didn't, and now you needed to read it on, 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 uh, or on, or on Yotif, you're allowed to even prepare a, a feather, a feather quill or, or, or you're allowed to do what you need to do in order to write the missing, the missing, uh, uh the missing letters. We'll come back to our final segment in a moment. This is 1 1.9 Chayef and the program is Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchol Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Sol to Sol. we're back on your radio here on Friday afternoon, so we're talking about the laws of whether I can do a mitzvah that needs to be done on Chalmoyin, I can even do professional labor. Because if we don't, let's say in the case of the Sefer Torah, if we don't write those letters, we're going to lose out of the mitzvah of being able to read Torah. So therefore, this is considered Dovra Ova. This is considered a definite loss. We're going to lose out on a mitzvah, and therefore it's allowed on Chalmoy even to do professional labor. Because the truth is that um, uh, writing a or or even making the, the pen are professional things. They're allowed. And even if there's another shul down the road that might have a Kash sefetorah, you're still allowed to fix up the sefetorah for this shul so that we are not going to impose upon the whole community that we have to bring another sefetorah from another shul. They have to go to another shul. We're not going to do it. Similarly, let's say a person didn't build a sukkah before Yontif. So he's allowed to build it on Cholomoyed. And if there's a need, he's allowed to even do professional labor to build that sukkah. Because since this is a mitzvah that needs to be done now, if you're not going to do it on Cholomoyed, you're not going to have a sukkah. You're going to lose out on the mitzvah. Totally. So you're allowed to build it on Cholomoyed. Similarly, let's say you have a very small sukkah. And now you want to make it bigger because Guests are coming who don't. Let's say other people don't have a sukkah, and you want to extend your sukkah to accommodate them, or let's say uh, Baruch Hashem, uh there's now a need to make a suddah mitzvah. Right, so, uh, someone in the family had a bris, and you want to make the bris in the sukkah, and you need a bigger sukkah. You're allowed to uh, uh, to widen the sukkah, even if it requires professional labor, since this is a mitzvah that if you don't do it now, you're not going to get a chance. To, to, uh, to do it. Uh, you're allowed to cut a oh, huge amount of aravas on sukkahs and sell it publicly for the mitzvah of, of, of sukkah. Right? And basically you, you can do whatever you need, never for a, a dead person on, on, uh, on chalmay because kavarames is a mitzvah that has to be done now. And therefore you can, you could sew his shrouds on even if it's a professional activity, and you can dig a grave, and you can print notices to tell people about, about the, the, the funeral, right? All you can't do is you can't publicly do things that if people will see you doing them, they won't know that they're being done for a dead person. For instance, to, uh, to use stones For, 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 for burial or, or cutting down wood to make an iron. People won't realize that's for a, for a mace. And therefore you can't, you can't do, 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 uh, do that. But otherwise, if it's necessary for, for the, a mitzvah of the chag, you can, you can do it. That's about all the time we're gonna have this week. Just enough seconds to wish you all an amazing, beautiful Shabbos. It's going to be great. It's the last, really, the last 6.15 Shabbos. Let's make it beautiful. Let's make it powerful. Let's make something that unites and brings us together. Because the one thing the Jewish nation needs more than anything else is the unity of all of us, keeping mitzvahs together and serving our Kaddish Baruch together. To all of our radio family, have a beautiful and wonderful Shabbos.